Block party. Oh, where am I at? Okay. With a C. Oh, I spelled it wrong. Right. Why? I wonder if that's just the British way of doing it. Yeah, I got all these songs favorited. Okay. This one right here, right? <laughs> yeah, Banquet. All right, let's check it out. Always cool to start a song with sound effects. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you remember this one. Yeah, dude. Great, nice. great guitar. The and panning. panning is cool. Also, like, all those weird sounds, super influenced by, like, house music, which yeah. I know is back because of Beyonce, but Block <laughs> Party did it first. <laughs> I love when people sound British when I know, they sing. I know. Great bass. Like how it's not always in there. Yeah, it just came that one moment. Yeah. It's good. Sometimes your strain is important as a musician. Ooh, okay. <laughs> I like the oh. Yeah. It's like cool. sounds like a, a classic like Motown duo. Yeah, yeah. This drum part is sick, and the guitars, all the like ambient stuff. Yeah, it's really opening up. Yeah. Ooh, good chord. <laughs> those, those little guitars are cool. Like yeah. so they're sort of like the Pixies or like Talking Heads, like that. Yeah, era that was very Talking yeah. Heads. Nice. Yeah, I think I think they were heavily influenced by those bands. Um, and then also I think a lot of like the Damon Albarn stuff, probably like into Blur, I would imagine. We're Talking Heads, American. Yeah, I think they're from New York City. What I always think thing is cool about Black Party is they fit a lot of guitar leads in that, yeah. that you think would compete with the vocals, but they don't. I'm not yeah. really sure why. Code and Cambria, another group like that, where yeah, it's like there's yeah. always a lead going on. Uh, love that chord. Yeah, yeah, it's a great one. This would probably be a sick show to see live. Oh, yeah, I saw them on this tour at Music Midtown in 2006 maybe yeah. 2005 it was great yeah. oh yeah also the super British bass player backup vocal <laughs> and then they kind of rock a little bit yeah they they transition a little bit they had some different different vibes yeah Great, great vocal effects. Oh, I love this part of this song. Like some of these guitar leads coming up here at the end. So sick. Right? So interesting. This yeah. It's a weird song. It's, but, it, but it's right in there, yeah, you know? Yeah. Welcome to Listen to This, a podcast where we explore songs we like, we research what they mean, how they're recorded, why they're written, why we like them, and why you should listen to this. You got to put the weird vocal effects they had on that song at the end of mine talking like that. Just all wah, the wah, wah, wah. <laughs> Today we're talking about Banquet by Block Party. That's Block without a K. Mm-hmm. I wonder if that's some British thing or if it just looks cool. 
<sighs> Probably both. It looks better without the K. So. Do you think British spellings look cooler? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The I think, extra U and yeah, stuff. Yeah, I think British stuff is in general better. I even like British food, and I know people always like talk shit about it, mm-hmm. but... Who's not trying to have beans and hot dogs for breakfast? <laughs> uh, Banquet was released on the 25th of April in 2005. Um, great, great era for my life. Yeah, I would 2005. Say. Wow, yeah, yeah. 15, 16 years old. It was the group's debut single off their critically acclaimed album entitled Silent Alarm, which was one of my favorite records for like many years. Even, even to this day, like I, I'll put it on and I'll just be like, damn, this band is good. Yeah. Um, it peaks on the charts at number 34. And introduced the band to a worldwide audience that had been previously pretty popular in the underground scene in London mm-hmm. and Bristol. Mm-hmm. But this was kind of their like breakthrough mainstream hit. Right. And then eventually they had a song Helicopter, which maybe we'll do at some point. Um, that was like their work, big it, Well, hit. it worked its way into Guitar Hero. Yeah. And it, it was like very guitar-y, which like, we'll get into the guitars about Block Party soon. Um, Banquet was recorded at Delta Lab Studios in Copenhagen. Sick. And was produced... By a little known uh, producer at that time, but he ended up becoming legendary, Paul Epworth. Oh, who, no shit. Who's won producer of the year four yeah, times. Yeah, Worked, yeah, yeah. He, he produced Rolling in the Deep. Yeah. A lot of these other songs. Wow, um, that's so interesting. He now owns the record label and produces for that band Glass Animals. You know yeah, that yeah. big song Heat Waves right now? I think that's him. So that this was this was really cool Who it was sort of thought? like his thing he was like more of like a dj kind of huh back back then which i think is important because block party they're cool because they're like a rock band that sounds like they're trying to play house music or like electronic music right 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 which right. I, I think is a really cool thing we don't hear a lot of rock band usually you hear people trying to sound rock right you don't really hear rock bands trying to sound stuff like that. Right. So if I was like in a band and I was like heavily influenced by house music, but I didn't want to use beats or whatever. I didn't right. want to use like computer drums. Like how would I go about like achieving that kind of sound? I think the biggest thing about the drum sound in this song mm-hmm. and, and songs like this and when you don't want to use a computer is the sound has to be dry. Yeah. The moment that you start adding room mics or room tone or it sounds like it's in a space the more real it starts to become you know what i'm saying yeah like that's what i love about like the drum sound on this and the and, it, and it, it's reminiscent of like the drum and bass records where like the drum beats are really fast mm-hmm. you know and when things are really fast rhythmically you can't really add a ton of ambience to it because yeah. the ambience kind of blurs the image. So you think like that's why like the guitars being as like ambient and weird at certain points mm-hmm. as they are helps give like the music a sense of place and Absolutely. they can get away with like these. Absolutely. Hundred percent. That was your high hat. But yeah, like the drums being like super dry and like thick and dead, and then all the space that the guitars bring, and there's like the weird vocal effects that we heard in there. Like that all kind of puts it in the space because once you put the space on the drum kit, on the kick drum, on the snare, it on the hi hat, too much room. It just eats it yeah. all up, and it also makes it sound. I wouldn't even. I don't even know, but it, it's. It just wouldn't sound right. It wouldn't yeah, sound good. Like if you're gonna write a busier part into an arrangement, whether it's drums or piano or guitar. You have to, like, you can get away with it, but you have to kind of simplify some other elements, I think. Yeah. But it's interesting because they're, maybe the bass player's, like, holding the whole damn thing together. Because I feel like the guitars are flying. Yeah, the guitars are definitely flying. Yeah. And it's a good 
it's it's a good lesson in you know not everything has to number one be busy and not everything has to have like reverb or space on it oh yeah you know with the drums being dry right and with the bass being simple it kind of allows the other elements which are have all the reverb and all the other elements that are busy kind of flourish and they kind of fit together like a puzzle now and now it's one unit moving together instead of like all this like psychotic stuff yeah. happening at once. I, that's something I notice a lot in like modern records. I feel like we've sort of lost because very often now records are made like painstakingly one sound at a time. Yeah. We've sort of like every sound ends up being totally maxed out potential wise. Yeah. And we sort of lose the perspective of how all the sounds fit together. Yes. Which I'm sure you deal with that a lot. Yeah. Like, well, you've just blown my mind. No one can <laughs> see me, but I'm just like, you've like culminated, culminated yeah. like the past like 10 years of my life into a single sentence. Yeah. And it's yeah. so true though. Yeah. It's, and it's, that's why like a band, when you're like a, a kicking band, it totally, totally works. Yeah. Like it, because you're used to hearing everything as it works together as opposed to isolating it and being like oh let's like max out the potential of this kick drum sound right, right. but then by the time you throw that kick drum in with the maxed out potential of a guitar maybe there's really no space for anything right. to happen right it's man it's yeah. brilliant brilliant <laughs> banquet was written by a block party while they were on tour in 2003 the group were obsessed with the doolittle record by the pixies which is a great record big Good pixies movie. fan Good over movie. here yeah <laughs> dr doolittle yeah, which one are you eddie murphy or Downey Jr. Oh, dude, original. Or, oh, wait, wasn't original Rex Harrison? I didn't even know it went back that far. You know, like, like the, that's like the old school. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because yeah. that Ed- is true. The Eddie Murphy is the remake, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah But yeah, then yeah. Downey Jr. is the other remake. I fuck Downey Jr. I never saw that, Yeah, dude. me either. But, and I won't. Yeah. I feel like he's a good actor, but you can't just remake that movie. Yeah, dude, there's some things yeah. aren't meant to be remade. <laughs> Eddie Murphy had a nice run there. He did. I wish he was. Uh, I wish he was like. A, you know how Seinfeld does the records with Wale. Yeah. I wish Eddie Murphy would do it with Block Party. That dude. Wish that would it. actually be pretty cool. Because <laughs> you know he does like the singing bits. Oh yeah. Like on yeah, SNL yeah. and stuff. Yeah. He's a pro- he probably could He'd sing probably all these it. songs. He's probably better than this band. Um. <laughs> uh, so apparently that that Pixies record really influenced this track. The song uh, is about teenage life when you realize that it is coming to an end. Ugh. So, gotta ask you, Luke, do you remember the moment that you realized your teenage life was truly over? I mean, it's happening now to me. <laughs> in my early 30s, I'm like, oh, I, I gotta wake up in the morning. Oh, yeah. I, I have to like take care of my body now. I can't exactly remember because I went from being a teenager to being like a college student to yeah. being like in a touring band. So, right. it's like I didn't have to like really have that like, rude awakening i uh, yeah never you know? i feel like right now i'm growing up yeah <laughs> well better late than never yeah good point. like me i'm in the never camp i'm like <laughs> when did my teenage life like b- truly be over i'm like i don't know i live in the same i'm still doing it i yeah. still play the guitar i still listen to a block party yeah. i still live in the same fucking neighborhood yeah i mean oh, it's man. crazy like <laughs> i mean some people experience this early like they go yeah. to school they get a big time job they have yeah. a kid get married and it's like life happens quick not that that's bad, but just no. A lot of people have kids when they're teenage before their teenage lives are over. Yeah, unexpected. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I'm just kidding. Good show. Good show. I'm talking about it's, a show. Yeah, we, we love TLC we on love this TLC. podcast. Yeah. Learning, it's about, you know, it's the learning channel. The, yeah. Speaking of which, if you do want to hear some podcasts um, where Luke and I talk about our favorite TLC shows, you got to check out our Patreon. I've got right. a link to it in the show notes. It's uh, Patreon.com/slash Listen to this that's the number two Mm -hmm. and this spelled with english letters um (laughs) so i've got to ask you first thing i want to talk about with this track we sort of loosely talked about it but 
how how do you mix for guitar interplay? Because it, to me, it seems create. It's like it just seems like guitars are very, for lack of a better word, needy. Yeah, they are. And um, so are the people that and, play and them. So, <laughs> <laughs> definitely, definitely. So guitars are like needy, but. There's there's very often like two guitars sharing a part in the right, song, right. two guitars playing separate parts, right. or a guitar playing like a lead in the same register as the vocal. Now, I guess you can EQ is, is maybe like you can sort of yeah. change the frequency of the guitar, yeah. but how do you do all that stuff? Got you. So there's three things that come to mind like from this question. The first one and like the probably the most important thing is the actual arrangement of the parts. You can have two guitars playing lead parts. But if you ever, they're never really playing in the same kind. Like they may be playing both, be kind of playing high, but there's always going to be a guy that's kind of playing a little bit lower mm. and the other guy playing a little bit higher. The rhythm needs to be a little bit different too. Like in this song, the rhythm, it kind of jumps, yeah. right? So we have a little bit different register. We have different rhythms. And then obviously when you listen, like if you're listening on headphones or you're listening, whatever, on your car or whatever, the, the sounds are obviously panned. So now they're not on top of each other, like in yeah. the sound spectrum, like no one's like physically standing in front of the other one. And then when it comes to the vocal, this is where the arrangement plays the biggest important because one of two things can happen. It's either the guitar is going to go with the vocal where it's almost like it's a single unit moving together yeah, yeah. or it's going to have a counterpart piece where the vocal is doing one thing and the guitar is doing the opposite thing. So vocal goes up, guitar goes down, or vocal goes down, guitar goes up. Like they're they're kind of having a counterpart, kind of rhythmic, melodic, harmonic thing happening. And I'm just throwing out words that sound important and yeah. smart. But at the end of the day, it's really about the part being written. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting because I, while you're t you're explaining this, I'm like, oh, so much goes into arrangement. And then I'm like, well, actually, I think a lot of this stuff just happens organically. That's the thing. Yeah. It's like we're going, we're reverse engineering. Yeah, it. yeah, which we always we always make fun of. Like in the band room, it's yeah. probably like they're jamming. He's like, "Hey, I'm doing this. Do something else." Yeah, yeah, you exactly. Know, like <laughs> or, or like you, know? you or like sometimes bands can be smart and they're like, "Oh, this is the thing of the song." I don't know a better word. Like this is like the what's going to be the anchor? Yeah. What's the hook? This is yeah. The is hook the is guitar going to be the hook or, or now, is the vocal? Now the we hook? sound like A and R. Exactly. Yeah, I know. What's the hook? I, what do you think the hook is of this song? Maybe this is a game we should play. To on, me, on, the hook is the yeah. guitars. The the, the -na 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 -na. yeah, yeah that's I think the so hook. Too. And the vocals, they're cool, but to me, the vocals yeah. are more of like an the an, another secondary instrument. Yeah. Than the main thing. I agree. Block Party is a very guitar band. Yeah. Which I think is what made them cool in this era. Um, there were a lot of guitar bands kind of popping off like obviously they had been in the game for a little while but modest mouse was really yeah. kind of rising to popularity i think season two maybe yeah, we'll talk yeah, about yeah, float yeah. on franz ferdinand big, big time guitar, guitar band. band the block party's like a little bit after that yeah um what were, what were some other bands around that i guess the killers but they were not totally a guitar band great band um the strokes we're Big guitar off. band. Yeah. yeah, I saw like all these fucking bands at Music Midtown. I have to say, it's that era. Yeah, it was a really fun era. Also at that Music Midtown, I saw Trapped. Nice. Yeah, dude. not strong. that era. <laughs> <laughs> Pinch harmonic. We got to get the soundboard. 
Uh, yeah. Yeah, okay. no, we got to set All that right. up. It's on we my priority list. Um, okay. So we talked a little bit about, uh, about the guitars. How do you think they recorded these guitars? Just cranked up some fucking amps? Yeah, and, like, cranked really the amp for up. It. Go for it. Yeah, yeah. Vocals. Interesting. There's a few different types of vocal tracks on yeah. here. Yeah. There's like a very dedicated backup vocal track. Yeah. There's the lead vocal. And then there's like a lot of interesting delays going on with yes. the vocal. How do you, when you're like, I guess you, do you record with delay on? Some people like to hear it, yeah. but it's not actually recording in the track. Oh, got it. Okay. But they hear it. And back then, probably not as common. You could and, still do the same thing. Yeah. Where like the vocal would come down this channel and you could still send them the delay so they could hear oh, it. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I wonder how, I wonder like what the difference would be. I guess because you hear it, you then you can perform with the delay. You perform differently. But if you mm-hmm. don't hear it, then the guy can just use the, the fucking mixer can like use the delay the way that he or she knows how. Yeah, like the delay is going to be. Yeah. It's gonna. It's after the fact. There's no performance element to it. Well, so like if I was, you know, listening to this podcast, learning about different elements of mixing or arrangement or whatever, why would I use delay on a vocal? It creates space mm-hmm. as like a number one thing because when we hear sound, it's very rare that we're actually hearing direct sound. Oh, shit. What yeah. we're actually hearing is the sound reflecting off all mm-hmm. the different things. So really what we're hearing is like the culmination of all these delays happening in the space that we're living in. Yeah, yeah. So that's like the cool scientific answer. But and I don't even know if it's even scientific. I'm just making it up. It's, it's science, it sounds right. science enough for listening to this. It's science enough. <laughs> But also it sounds cool. Yeah. At the yeah. end of the day, it's like it sounds cool. Like how many times have you seen like kids or even ourselves like you you there's a long hallway in an empty school oh, of course, and you of just course. shout and then yeah. it shouts back at you. Man, I read this book one time um about I think it was called like the healing properties of sound. Uh-huh. And it and it, it, it there was a section that talked about like and it's funny we're going to because we always make fun of this girl who plays the fucking crystal balls yeah. and says shamanic drumming and I'm about to use the word shamanic so fuck me I guess. But uh it's like th- there was this chapter in the book that was about like the shamanic ritual in caves mm-hmm. and the people would obviously they would take like ayahuasca or whatever so they would trip in their balls. Of course. But then this shaman would like do a lot of chanting and yelling and apparently it would like the sounds reflecting off the caves would make people feel like incredibly disoriented and it's like the same thing it's like not the actual sound it's the space that the The sound flourishes yeah and then in modern music production like what's cool about that example is there's no like time element to it which is what makes it kind of feel disorienting yeah like it's just happening at different intervals, how it how it how it goes around the rocks and the caves. And but stuff. now delay is like a more of a it can be a tight rhythmic thing. Now it's a rhythmic yeah. thing, and you know us and like our primate brains, we like things that are rhythmically pleasing. Yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> like so now, like when I say okay, 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 yeah, that's like be- that's kind of cool. That's better than I'm okay, 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 okay. okay, okay. <laughs> There's no there's no rhythm or <laughs> yeah. orientation, right? I like shit like that. I must be a freak, man. Maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's what's cool <laughs> about adding like a delay to a vocal or delay to a guitar. And also like putting delay on a guitar is so common. It's like one of the first pedals that guitar players oh, buy. Oh, yeah, yeah. So putting delay, especially these long delays on this vocal, it also helps it blend in with the guitars. And that's what makes me feel like it's part of an instrument. Yeah. Because it's almost being like mixed like an instrument when that gets thrown in. Well, I love when people do that, though. Like, um, I, w- I was on tour with this guy, Connor Youngblood. Fantastic. We got to do one of his songs yeah. and have him call in. He'll feel so uncomfortable about it. Of course. Um, but he he uses his voice in kind of a weird way a, a lot for like 
texture. Right. Um, in addition to like singing, he's got a great voice. But the front of house engineer is this guy, Gareth Rutledge, who's amazing. Right. He would use the boss uh, or not boss, the Roland space delay on Connor's vocal. And I, it would do the kind of same thing. And then yeah. one time we used a plate reverb, like a real one oh, nice. in this club. Oh, shit, dude. Plate reverbs are cool. They're so weird. They're it's psycho. Like, whoever like thought of it, it's like a mad genius, uh, yeah, but it's amazing. Yeah, we used to be so cool with effects and stuff, and now we're just like, well, I'll just like type in some numbers on my computer. 20 milliseconds. <laughs> and then I'll join some incel forums. <laughs> I just, I, you should pop down on one of those forums and be like, what sort of delays do you guys use on your vocals? <laughs> Watch it go viral. Like People are arguing and shit. Uh, yeah, exactly. Like, oh, listen, the only delay for me, what is like, what's your favorite delay to use on a vocal, Luke? I know you're delaying vocals. I love slap delays. Slap delays. Oh, nice. Very Beatles. Very Super Beatles. John, John Lennon. Very, slap back. Yeah, very, like it's very country music. There's yeah. a lot of slap back. It has a sound and it's not rhythmic. It's a non-rhythmic yeah. delay. It sounds like... um. Some like you're playing in a venue, kind of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it also, the name Slapback sounds like a pretty, like, delicious appetizer from Chili's. Holy shit. Right? It's slapback sliders. <laughs> slapback sauce. <laughs> so I got to say, I saw um, Block Party at uh, Music Midtown, I think, 06. Yeah. Um, that was that was back when Music Midtown was legit. I know, yeah. like, we have, we have a thing in Atlanta now called Music Midtown. Where there's like a couple stages. This was the every radio station had a stage, and this was back when radio mattered a little yeah. bit. So there was like the classic rock one that year. I think Journey and Def Leppard played. Yeah, there's rap. I remember it was a big Usher, Lil John, mm. Ludacris mm-hmm. set. Mm-hmm. The rock stage, 99X, amazing. We had Trapped, White Stripes, nice. Um, Block Party played like in the morning, right after Coheed and Cambria. Could and you then, imagine Cody Cameron like at 9 a.m.? It, it, it was like 10.30 a.m. <laughs> and they had just put out that third album. Or it was mm-hmm. right before they put out the third album, which I can't remember the name. It might have been um, In Keeping Secrets, Silent Earth. But it was uh, the first song they played was that Welcome Home. You know that one? Of course. With the crazy riff. Yeah, yeah. And it was like like 10 in the morning, 11. It's just like, oh, shit. Also saw the Strokes. Foo Fighters nice, nice. offspring that day. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. Jesus. And, but Block Party stole the show, man. I was like, I was blown away by how cool they it's were. It's party music. Yeah, yeah. It's music that you want to just kind of get crazy and, too. And it was like in that era, I was, I felt like I was being really, and I, I don't, I probably didn't have like the ability to put this into words yet, but I felt like I was being marketed a look. Mm-hmm. Like, I know you're a huge fan of the Strokes, and I'm starting to like them a little bit more, but they always felt like they were, like, created by a record label. Mm-hmm. I don't know that they were. It's just, like, the way they dressed and right, things like right, that. Right, right. Same with the White Stripes. Right, I was right, like, right. oh, this is a whole... And then Block Party hits the stage, and you have, like, four dudes. You have a... They're all British. You have a... The drummer is, like, this Asian dude with nice. long hair. The One of the guitar players is, like, emo. He had the emo swoop. And, like, the strap with all the pins on it. Of course. It. Um, the lead singer plays guitar is, like, this black guy with dreads. And the bass player is just, like, this white British dude with curly hair. And I was like, this is such a, like... Organic, Yeah, real I don't know if it was. You know, you never, right. you never know. But right. it just felt so cool to just be, see, like, a fucking band. I right. miss those days. Because, like, know. when we were in bands as kids, it wasn't really, like... It didn't feel like everyone was trying to, like, have a look. No, like, there's a kid that played in gym shorts and flip-flops. Yeah, yeah, that was me, <laughs> even when I was successful. And then there's always the kid in sandals 
and like frat clothes. Yeah, he's like, yeah. He's like really into Love and Cup. He's got the really nice guitar. <laughs> he's got the SG. Yeah, he's got a great guitar, and like he he's good with bar chords. Yeah, he knows course, he knows bar chords. Um, well, shit. You got anything else you want to talk about with this song? Nah, man. Thanks so much, everybody, for listening to this podcast. Please tell your friends about it. We've got an Instagram, which we finally figured out the password for. I want to say it, but I won't. It's a great password. Uh, we're on Patreon, uh, patreon.com slash listen to this with the number two. Um, rate and review. Thanks so much for listening. We are uh, introducing ads into the thing. How do you feel about that? Like, Love ads. Yeah, I think one of our ads is like about like local church audio gear. Really so, into that. So if you need a Behringer, <laughs> 64 channel. Actually, those church people have money, right? Yeah. Jesus ain't free. Thanks so much for listening to this.